Assalamu alaikum, uh, peace be on you. Welcome to another Science Hour um, on Voice of Islam, um, where today we're going to be asking the question, can religion inspire scientific discovery? Um, and today um, we have our eminent panelists. Um, we have Dr. Adil Bajwa, uh, who is a general and colorectal surgeon. Uh, we have Dr. Anas Rana, who is a computational genomics scientist and a lecturer in bioinformatics. And uh, my name is Naveed Malik, uh, and I am a science teacher um, and a middle leader in, in education. So on to uh, the question about uh, why. Why are we asking this question? Uh, and Anas and Adil, I've often felt that we, when we go into the arena of talking about science and religion, um, uh, rightly so, we often talk about um, resolving conflicts um, and answering sometimes questions about conflicts. That how does, does one validate the other or not? And I feel that, however, however I feel, that a very important question is left out. And this is a question which is important, I think, for us, uh, for our community, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, and also um, the world at large, and many youth that actually can science be inspired by religion? Does, does in, in, in talking about in a very practical sense, uh, in a historical sense as well, does religion um, um, inspire science? Um, I, I don't uh, know what your initial thoughts would be. Is there, honest? Uh, how do you feel um, we might approach this question? Um, I think the what we need to think about is is obviously the first thing is look at the religion itself, mm. which is embodied by the Holy Quran. Mm. What does the Holy Quran say about? science or even more fundamentally the the essence of science what does it say about that which is seeking yep. knowledge yep and the other part is historically can we find any evidence for it okay where it succeeded okay um um i'm going to just uh, also just highlight that we touched upon this topic on a previous episode uh, which we did at the time of our annual convention uh, a few days back and this is available on the Voice of Islam Science Hour stream on SoundCloud. Uh, however, we touched upon it and during that episode I um, uh, laid out a quote um, by someone uh, called Abdus Salam uh, who's a Nobel Prize winning uh, physicist um, who also happens um, uh, to be a, a member of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community as well. I'm going to read this quote out, uh, which I think help um, might help frame our discussion. And I'll ask um, um, Adil and us, both of you, to, 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 see, to talk about perhaps what that quote means to you and, and, and how that relates to you. Um, okay, here it goes. The creation of physics is the shared heritage of all mankind. East and West, North and South have equally participated in it. In the Holy Book of Islam, Allah says, Thou seest not in the creation of the All-Merciful any imperfection. 
Return thy gaze. Seest thou any fissure? Then return thy gaze again and again. Thy gaze comes back to thee, dazzled aweary. This, in effect, is the faith of all physicists. The deeper we seek, the more is our wonder excited. The more is the dazzlement of our gaze. So, Adil, to me, in a sense, this seems like quite a strange quote because here's a Nobel Prize winning physicist who is saying that his um, that the faith of physicists practicing their, their physics and their science is unified, has unity with the, with the faith which the Holy Quran is talking about. One step further and to say, I know Anas has said science is about gaining truth, uh, gaining knowledge. Mm. But I would frame it, you know, religion is about the truth and science is also about yeah. the truth. And Islam is the religion of truth. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I mean, the verses in the Holy Quran, you know, there's, there's so many. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll quote one, chapter 17, mm. verse 82. Truth has come and falsehood has vanished. Falsehood does indeed vanish away fast. So the, you know, the principle of both of these arms, you know, of, of, the, same, of the same body is truth. Mm. And that's how I certainly look at religion and that's I think is the perspective of scientists like Abdus Salam that um, there has to be complete um, you know unity in yeah. in these two branches there's science and then there's sort of the spiritual world and we've, we've, we've talked about what the spiritual world means to us in previous you know previous episodes and it's very much I think about um, you know the the laws that pertain to human consciousness and morality, um, and <clears throat> you know the, the the lack of incongruity between these two, you know, the, 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 between science and religion is is definitely um, crosses this boundary. You know, the things that you would learn from science, you can apply to the spiritual world, um, and you know, and as I said, ultimately, it's all about one thing truth you know that's the backbone yeah. of of science and the backbone of islam okay. you know and the of, of quranic teachings okay so just bouncing off that um adil i'm just gonna go through some of the verses um uh, of the quran about mm. knowledge uh and about learning and reflection mm. which which i could gather after a kind of like a really initial search search on this as well so the first thing um which is worth talking about is that um, the first five verses um, revealed, chronologically speaking, the Holy Quran. Um, the words um, have been used such as uh, Iqra, read, Qalam, pen, um, Allama is repeated twice, um, and all about teaching and learning. When we look at the Holy Quran again and again, there is a, a really, really massive influence of knowledge as well. So Allah will exalt those who believe among you and those who have been granted knowledge to high ranks. Um, uh, there's a prayer which every Muslim child is taught uh, in their youth, and that's from the Quran, uh, and say, my Lord, increase me in my knowledge. Um, altogether, if we have a look, um, there this seem to be about 70, 750 verses in the Quran dealing with natural phenomena and saying to the readers that go have a look at this, observe again and again. So there's a massive, massive 
emphasis. And another another verse uh, here, which I nearly left out, was travel throughout the earth and see how he brings life into being. Behold, in the creation of the heavens and the earth and the alternation of night and day, these are indeed signs for men of understanding. So there's a huge emphasis on knowledge. But then there's another category of verses which also uh, appear uh, when we do a search. Um, and that's to uh, where human beings are implored to reflect, to ponder um, and think about things, not just observe, but also reflect on what they're seeing. So after a very initial search, um, uh, where I looked for the word reflect just in the English translation on the Holy Quran app uh, on Is- Al-Islam, which is a fantastic tool for doing uh, some of this research. Um, so I found reflect 27 times. Um, ponder, I found 21 times mentioned, and I'm sure I missed out other synonyms uh, there as well by not looking for them. Um, there, there is a verse in the Holy Quran which says, who has created seven heavens in harmony, no incongruity canst thou see in the creation of the gracious God. Then look again, seest thou any flaw? Um, I look again and yet again, thy sight will only return unto thee confused and fatigued. This is the verse which Abdus Salam um, um, quoted as well in slightly different translation. Um, another example. Those who remember Allah while standing, sitting and lying on their sides and ponder over the creation of the heavens and the earth. Uh, Our Lord, thou hast not created this in vain. Nay, holy art thou, save us then from the punishment of the fire. Um, Another verse. um, um, And it is he, and he it is, who spread out the earth and made therein mountains and rivers and fruits of every kind he made therein in two sexes. He causes the night to cover the day. Therein verily are signs for a people who reflect. And I can go on and go on. So there, the, the, the second category of verse comes, talks about reflection. And it's, it's very interesting, and this is perhaps another discussion, that where the verses seem to be, in a sense, um, sublime and subtle, that's uh, meaning there are analogies which are present or there are physical phenomena which have been talked about which we can learn in terms of our moral um, uh, approach to things uh, and spiritual approach to things. Um, they At the end of those verses, often it says, uh, the word is used as yatafakkarun, um, that do you not reflect or you should reflect. Um one question I want to uh, bring out from that and, and, and in a discussion because a deal and, and I, you, you touched upon this and it's about the nature of knowledge. First of all, my question is um, that when the Holy Quran is talking about acquiring knowledge, talking about pondering and reflecting, someone might raise the question, this is all referring to uh, spiritual knowledge, you might call it or knowledge of religion, or religious law. Um, is it, Would you say in your reading of the Quran, um, would you say that that is what is happening? I mean, um, a lot of those verses you read out from the, the others, they talk about scientific phenomenon, natural phenomenon, and link these to signs. These are signs for those who, you know, for people of the religion. These are signs for people who possess knowledge. So the question I would ask is, 
what are those what does it mean by the signs and my interpretation of that is one thing is that when you look at these phenomena and you know my personal interest is evolution you go into evolution you know you look at you go into the details and nuts and bolts of what you learn about the evolution of organisms and one of the conclusions i get and many people get is that evolution is something that is is there's there's knowledge in there that must come from somewhere else you know that, that there is a creator in all probability so you know not you know definitive proof i think it falls short of definitive you know god falls short of god manifesting himself and we've discussed this in previous episodes as well that god hasn't i don't think chosen science as the means of how he uh you know reveals himself to human beings you know there's but you know as these verses say they're signs so there's great in you know there's great encouragement for someone who studies science to think that there is where does this come from there must be a creator you know there's a next mm. step the next step is spiritual um so i th- that's what i take from what the signs are and the other thing that we've been d- beginning to discuss is how some of the laws you know in in nature and the laws of science can be applied to the spiritual world was that you know it's not just a case that the natural world has been created just so human beings can think maybe god maybe there's a creator but actually they it's also to learn something about you know the other world as it were that's that exists the spiritual world mm. um so that's my interpretation of of science um i I in in general I agree with that. The the one thing I would add is for me it's really important we did an episode on this in in this series before because we believe that there's no difference between in principle between science done appropriately with the right motivations and following religion with the right motivations and in the right way. So I don't see why this idea of reflecting again applies to both because how do you become a better spiritual human being you reflect on the teachings on the laws of Islam and on yourself as we say the greater jihad is bettering yourself the same way and in this it's clear the the quotes that you read uh, Navid mm. is very very clear that there are physical signs being mentioned and it's being stated that reflect on these mm. is not talking specifically about a spiritual uh, manifestation here but about physical things that you know do you see any flaws look mm. again look again mm. um and and in several other places similar in in a similar fashion so i think yes there is Uh, an aspect of reflect which applies to both because again like we stated at the beginning of the program adil you mentioned mm. it that there is this commonality between your spiritual development and thinking about science so i think the the that's what this wording reflects as well <coughs> that pondering reflecting on both is how you achieve greatness in both mm. isn't it um curious that i mean we we are uh, we often in in our modern world talk about um religious knowledge um spiritual knowledge as opposed to scientific knowledge um the 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 word in arabic itself about knowledge 
uh, or about science often is um, is ilm, uh, which which just means knowledge, and there doesn't seem to be uh, a differentiation. Um, so just like science, we often apply to the material sciences, the physical world. Mm. They, in Arabic, there isn't, and certainly the and this this is why I asked this question when we were looking at the Holy Quran. The Holy Quran itself doesn't seem to talk about spiritual knowledge versus physical knowledge. It's all somehow unified. It's all part of one picture. I, I mean, I, it's the same in English. We mm. add mm. we we add the qualifier. Just to distinguish the two, but knowledge is what, what knowledge. Do you mean, what do you mean by we add the qualifier, qualifier. spiritual yeah. knowledge or scientific knowledge? Yes, but it's actually knowledge. It true, very true. But in terms of uh, what we might talk about, the sciences. Yeah, um, of course. Um, and uh, um, and we we do tend to categorize knowledge. Uh, you, you're right. So the word knowledge itself. This is knowledge, but we tend to naturally categorize it where uh, when we're talking about different applications of knowledge, but there doesn't seem to be um, a differentiation. I mean, cl clearly, obviously, there is a difference between scientific knowledge and spiritual knowledge and how you might approach it. I mean, scientific knowledge, for instance, would, you know, is about experimentation, is about observation, it's about, you know, documenting things. Spiritual knowledge can be similar, but, you know, if you take an example like prayer, mm. um, you know, you could approach the aspect of prayer. You could approach it quite scientifically. You could say, okay, so there's a phenomenal of prayer. If I pray to God, the future can be, the undetermined future can be influenced in a certain way. That's that's the hypothesis. And you could individually, as an individual, approach that experimentally. And this is something there was a speech at the 2023 Jalsa Salana, uh, Fahim, uh, Dr. Fahim Qureshi from USA, he did a speech where he, you know, he, he spoke about how you can look at prayer in the scientific way. And actually he, you know, the promised Messiah himself also approached, you know, various prayer challenges in a scientific way. He said, you know, he challenged people to, you know, to set up an experiment where he would pray for sick people and he would, you know, challenge someone to Simply pray for them, and this and the truthful person would, you know, come out victorious in a sense. So, you can approach something like prayer in a scientific way, but the interesting thing is that the results of that of that experiment, you know, the result of no of the knowledge of whether prayer actually works, is something felt by an individual. It's not something that you can give to someone else, and we will all have experience. No, of this. but in reality. If you look at science as well, mm. it's the same thing. I, as a scientist, will build up a, mm, uh, you know, e either tr through my publications or whatever, yeah. a, a platform that other people will believe what I'm saying, but it's individual. If I perform an experiment, I'm, I don't do experiments, but if I do something, if I do a piece of research, and I, I present it, it will be rare that someone else replicates the whole thing, the whole procedure fully. But I think... And it's the same, in, in, yeah, in my mind, it's the same in when but we... But the experience of, like, knowing that you're 
the phenomenal prayer works for you as an individual it's something i think for their individual and similarly for something like a revelation you know yeah. someone says i've heard a revelation uh, you know or you know and the simplest thing would be something like a true dream you know mm -hmm. someone says i've had a true dream and you know you, they, if they go and explain it to someone else you know the other person might think okay that's interesting but the impact on the individual who's had the true dream who knows with 100% certainty yeah. that the future has been you know has been given to you in a dream that experience is different from sharing that with someone I, I, else i think there are certainly elements of it that are different yeah. but i still believe that there are commonalities and and well, you know going back to what you were saying Naveed, earlier that the wording is the same in arabic well the commonality is it's the truth isn't it that's the exactly. commonality that's yeah. the backbone well what i wanted to explore um um in the program a little bit um was about um what we talk about both leading to truth and in fact there's medieval scientists um muslim scientists who also talk about there being two paths to the truth as well um and some in some sense we say it's the same truth uh that they both will lead to god um and so i i wanted to explore that boundary and that interface that what when we say spiritual knowledge uh, and i'm deliberately i will not use the word religious knowledge because you can kind of get confused with scriptural knowledge um and analysis of scriptural texts which i'm not getting to is is what we might call spiritual knowledge uh and that's becoming aware of existence of god becoming becoming aware of the truthfulness of the scripture through various means um um and and so what where is the boundary is there a boundary between spiritual knowledge um and what we might call a uh, physical knowledge knowledge of a physical world is the spiritual world um something completely fundamentally different from uh, the world that we seem to inhabit the physical world um in in one sense i would say it is because if you're talking about the experiences and and the holy quran talks about that of uh, heaven mm. hell those existences and those experiences are are entirely different and they are, i i believe they're part of the development of your spirituality in a way at least that's 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 how i look at it now in terms of the um thinking about the the scientific world there are certain elements of the spiritual world i think at the moment you will never be able to uh probe with scientific instruments as it were mm. because they are removed from each other mm. there's a, there's a limit isn't there there's obviously the holy quran speaks about this but there is in cer certain areas i think there's an overlap there is an you know yeah. there is a way path through it an example would be you talk about um heaven yeah. you know life after death now an example from the holy quran of an experience of that is um sleep you know the word arabic word for sleep is is the same word word for death hmm. and if you think about what happens when you sleep when you sleep you, one thing that happens is that you you dream and when you're dreaming you're experiencing something 
that is not physical in the same sense, is it? You know, you might be, you know, dreaming that you're in another country, in another time, you know, doing something, you might be eating, you might be running, but actually the actual physical reality is you're in your bed. You're in your bed, you're not experiencing those. So there is, it's an example that where your body and your mind is separated. Is an example in, of where the you know the the body and the spiritual world is separated, and it's interesting that the you know it's by design I think that the verse that the, mm. the Arabic word mm. for deep sleep and death is the same thing. It's an example of you know the, of Islam giving you an experience, Allah giving you an experience of something, you know, some real evidence that there can be life after death. Mm. So it's not, you know, the spiritual knowledge is is never, I don't think, left without real tangible scientific, you know, you know, of a scientific basis. Okay. So that's interesting. I mean, when we talked about um, the spiritual world, um, and Anas, you talked about heaven and hell um, as well. Um, I mean... Is is that to say that actually we ourselves right now don't live in a spiritual world and we will go into the spiritual world? There might be some forms of communication um, and be, be, be aware I might be playing devil's advocate here, so I'm, I'm not necessarily uh, believing in what I no, say. But I, I, yeah. I think it's a matter of interpretation what you mean by spiritual world. Mm. I, I just took an element of the spiritual world you know by way of uh, uh you know uh, to to show that there are elements of it hmm. that we will not experience hmm. okay. and I, mean, I take that the spiritual world is uh, we've done this in previous shows is the is your consciousness it's a part of you that thinks and that's the, you know the, the arabic I mean, word for, definitely for soul is nafs which is the part of you that the, thinks this is the spiritual world and you know this so, is so that but that's your your soul and we're, which we're saying is consciousness con is akin to conscious consciousness yeah. but where does 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 that exist in the physical world that we inhabit uh or it certainly exists that's what we can yeah. say and you know we might come up come through some examples through islamic history where people have thought about this uh, well, like, well that that would be an interesting question because my follow-up yeah, question yeah. as a as a science teacher yeah. Um, would be to how do we know the soul exists? But that, we won't go into that uh, yeah. as well. Um, I, if 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 I may um, c c come into that, unless uh, anyone else wants to interject as well, because I, um, um, I think reading the Holy Quran as well and looking at uh, the immense uh, knowledge and wisdom we've been given um, by the Holy uh, Prophet of Islam, um, uh, Hadrat Muhammad, peace be upon him. Uh, by also um, um, the founder of our community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, uh, peace be upon him, uh, who we believe to be a prophet, um, uh, and by his successors, the Khulafa, um, the Caliphs. Mm. Um, I I think that we we I dare say in our community we we have quite a profound level of awareness about these these kind of questions uh, because there is always a danger isn't it and all uh, with uh, many religious communities it does happen that we can think of the spiritual world as some kind of a magical kind of place yeah. and it, it exists on some far away physical planet or whatever 
and 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 some uh, and that there is a sort of like a cartoonish idea of the things as well in particular uh um uh, i remember from um s- some of the question answer sessions with um the fourth caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community hazrat mr tahir ahmed uh having discussions on this and i found them quite profound i mean first if i may go back to the the holy quran where um the the verse within the holy quran where it says that um eyes cannot reach him him being god but he reaches the eyes and he is the incomprehensible um and the word used the arabic word is al-latif for incomprehensible and al-latif means something which is really refined um and what that is pointing us towards is that those kind of questions first and foremost we will never f- kind of like find an answer to those kind of questions through our physical crude tools and uh, that he is the light behind light he's the causes of all causes uh, but we we cannot kind of somehow directly measure god because um it, he is not restricted by kind of the physical laws and dimensions and and so on so from that what i've always understood is that there is a kind of continuity between the physical world um and what we might call the spiritual world it's it's all one existence in some shape or form there's a kind of continuity but there is infinite levels this is what god is saying you cannot kind of you cannot reach him you cannot fi- find a ladder and go up somehow into the heaven and find him um those tools do not work they're too crude because um god is infinite and it's infinitely refined um he he is connected to the world he he, he interjects he intervenes he accepts prayers but um you you cannot directly get get to them so the level there so what how I, how i might put it there are infinite levels of refinement between the physical world that we inhabit and what we choose to call the spiritual world where um the holy quran talks about some of the actions and and so on um the uh, other thing was um I, and i remember the the fourth uh, caliph of our community talking about this a little bit and hinting towards analogies so when for example when we talk about heaven and hell in in the holy quran often it, it would say when it talks about heaven and hell that you will not understand this mm. holy quran gives analogies talks about streams mm. flowing um within heaven uh which um uh are an indication of that these are uh, things are well watered well supplied and they are sus- they will sustain and they will remain and they will sustain other people and consciousness but um you and at the same time it would say but you will not understand this these are well, analogies and i mean mm. the, the, i mean the promised messiah muzallam ahmed peace be upon him in his book philosophy of the teaching of islam goes into great depth on the subject of heaven and hell you know and quotes the holy quran where you know when you it talks about when you enter heaven there'll be fruits in heaven and when you eat those fruits you would recognize those fruits hmm. yeah you'd recognize because yeah. you've eaten those fruits before and this again goes back to this idea of how the natural world can reflect the spiritual world like in the natural world there are laws you know there's laws that don't get broken there's mm. laws that are always followed so in the spiritual world how how I you know reflect that would be there are spiritual laws about morality mm. you know if you do good 
what happens if you do good? Mm. You feel good. Mm. And if you do good in the knowledge that this is the purpose of your creation, yeah. in the knowledge that you know that God exists, and this yeah. is what's touched on in the philosophy of the teaching of Islam, then what you do is you taste heaven. Yep. That's the taste of heaven. And yep. these are the laws which pertain to life after death. So just like there's laws of physics, just like there's laws, you know, or physiology, whatever, there are laws in the spiritual world. Um, and so there's always, again, there's always a crossover. We're never in a situation, I think, in Islam where you are let, required to believe in something which is, you know, like you were saying, animated, make-believe. There's, no. there's always a taste. Yeah. There's always a taste. There's always a link. Yeah. Just like you might wonder how can how you know how can you be raised up again? There's there's an, again a very powerful argument in the Holy Quran that we all know. Mm. That God says, "Well, how can you doubt your set your 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 second creation when I've created you out of nothing? Yeah. Mm. Your first creation is infinitely yeah. less probable than turning this creation into another very creation. Good. Good. We've experienced that. Yeah. So you can't you can no longer doubt. You can't say our, the life after death can't happen. No one can say that because we all exist. Yep. So this is these are examples where you know the knowledge of the Holy Quran, you know, and Islam, it encompasses all these things and it brings it all it, together. It does, and I mean, it, God is someone who's been described as existing everywhere, right? So God is here. God is in. And you know, uh, distant galaxy, God exists everywhere. Um, and it's interesting because um, uh, there is um, a hadith of the Holy Prophet, peace be sure. upon him, which also talks about the idea of heaven and hell existing in all space. Mm. Um, what I'm trying to get to is because the, the, the fourth caliph, um, as I remember, made this analogy that um, when we talk about heaven and hell uh, being everywhere, that Th these things might be talking about different planes of existence, mm. um, which we per perhaps can be understood by analogy as uh, different forms of dimensions, which we, uh, which is a possibility, which is hinted at by some theoretical physicists. Not nothing which is proven, uh, of course. Um, but this whole idea that we, as human beings, are limited by space and time. Not everything has to be. Yeah. Um, and but the key point at the end of it, I think, is and it's very. We've gone into this metaphysical discussion, but it's very important uh, to emphasize here. Is in in the Holy Quran, it very clearly says that through our ponderings and so on, um, and through our kind of intellectual prowess and scientific experiments, uh, we we will we will not reach God. That we will mm. not somehow mm. find a very clear, detailed, step by step mechanistic explanation of hey, that's God and that's what it does. And those are the angels and, and so on. It, it doesn't. These are analogies, uh, which I believe the fourth caliph was talking about to help us understand that, look, we are very limited. And we know that even from our current understanding of science, that you can have um, objects existing um, within same space, but in a different dimension. Those ideas in theoretical physics are there. So why um, doubt the other side of things? Yep. Um, well, I mean, uh, it's quite clear also from other verses of the Holy Quran that the, the knowledge that we have of science is limited by God himself. Um, and there's, I mean, I can quote oh. from Ayat al-Kursi, chapter 2, verse 256. And they, as in the human beings, encompass nothing of his knowledge except what he pleases. Uh, his knowledge extends over the heavens of the earth and the care of them burdens him not. So, you know, there are limits 
that we can all observe in science you know that they that seem impenetrable you know you know you look at any scientific phenomenon you can observe it you can understand more about it but then there comes a point when you you know there's nowhere else to go like if you look at the law of you know gravity or you know you, okay you can observe it you can define it but then the question would be so, who's why you know why so, are the why are the constants this way why is this relationship so what's sustaining I think, it i i think this is is a, a, a really important point and i think that sort of goes to this idea and there's another verse of the holy quran that i find really interesting in this context what you mentioned just now deal that i look again and yet again mm. thy sight will only return onto the confused and fatigued in this verse and mm. i think it relates to what you're saying because i think and and this is born fruit by you know thinking with my background as a physicist this is relates to physics very uh, importantly that whenever we thought we have reached the end of our understanding of the universe mm. a few years down the line we have uncovered completely new phenomenon that we weren't even aware existed mm. and is happening again and again and again if it happened once i would say okay this was mm. what does it even mean but it keeps happening and you mentioned gravity just now deal it's the same thing with gravity yeah when newton formulated his theories of gravity at the time people thought all right it's fixed we know exactly how it yeah. works then we got uh, um, einstein coming around and uh, talking about gravity in a completely new context which explained a lot more and obviously there's more work that is going into what we call uh, uh, quantum gravity or you know or string theory whichever one do, turns out to be the truth do you think behind one. all of this there's something that can ever bring all these laws together in some sort of a comprehensive way that explains everything or is it individually i, I think are you just re looking? reading looking at my mm. or or thinking about this in the way i read the verse that i just quoted I don't think we will ever reach a full understanding of everything. I think the we grand will, unified theory of everything. We might have a grand unified theory of the things that we know about at the moment. But I think as soon as we do, just like it ha keeps yeah. happening. So we get as we, we will uncover we new phenomena. Are we getting further away? No, no. I that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I think we will get a grand unified theory of the things that we know now. Yeah. and then we will uncover new phenomena that we've not explained and that will uh, lead us to even more complex uh, formulations of how the world works i think there are questions that we have at the moment that we will answer but it will only lead to more questions and my reading of this verse leads me to believe that yeah i i think so first of all when we come to newton's time as well it's very interesting so this is absolutely correct to say um that what newton did was absolutely remarkable uh and it was hailed as a great achievement and still is at the moment we still use newton's laws of physics yeah. and the mathematics which he developed or helped develop um to do like most of our science uh, in terms of mechanical stuff and sending people to the moon and back and so on but newton himself realized something at that time that there there was there was a limit because yes. before newton's time perhaps before even galileo's time there was this approach towards understanding the natural world 
which thought of the natural world as a kind of a machine mm. and that we could all we have to do is just look up every cog and how it connects uh, to the next cog to figure out how the universe works and come out with a very deterministic and predictable universe and figure everything out newton realized this and that's why actually newton's laws are is a theory it's a model mm. of how um, gravity acts actually newton doesn't even offer an explanation for this right so it's a mathematical equation newton's laws of motion mm. is an inverse squared law and it can but, predict but this is generally the case with all of our uh, all of the things that both of us navid learned yeah. in our undergraduate in physics yeah. that these are laws that describe the universe mm. as we observe it mm. in certain limits mm. there's no law that claims to be all encompassing and and any good scientist where they're sold will talk about things as models yeah exactly uh, this is exactly. a good model of our understanding exactly and and this is the same thing with with anything uh, that sometimes there are really good models for certain things quantum mechanics you can't easily describe the uh, throwing a ball uh, using the laws within quantum mechanics mm. you, you might be able to with some difficulty and calculations for <laughs> several years but it's not really uh, you know and that's the same thing again that's why i like this verse so much mm. um because it really shows that there are certain things you look at them in a certain way you will understand them and that's the you know you we were talking about spiritually it being another plane of existence etc the spirituality and and yeah. that's for me the same thing that will we uncover certain aspects of spirituality maybe mm. but i don't think we will ever get to a point where we fully understand it and, I, and I, that's I, the verse that you quoted as well i, I think by spirituality we're really talking about awareness and existence of god really yeah. aren't we yeah right and from what i can understand um that the difference between what we call our lives now and the hereafter so after we we die is that um we in in a sense the uh, the physical world the whale of the physical world will be removed in, in that sense and to us um it the awareness of god will be fully manifest and how we have um how we have actually um refined ourselves our character and ultimately our souls will connect very directly and the idea of heaven being that if 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 we have our, our souls are in good condition that that experience of god is going to be something which is which is heavenly which is which is paradise um but we will also some realize uh that if we haven't done good works and we haven't treated our souls well in that sense that that distance from god will be fully manifest and essentially that is the suffering mm. that is the realization that this is i i could have got this and i could have reached god and this is how distant i am and that's what's actually really described as hell rather than as some kind of a uh, kind of punishment hmm. you know and chamber and so on and and the basis basis of you know what you're saying you know if someone was to say okay you you've explained heaven and hell you know just in your in what you just said hmm. if someone was to say well how do you know that's true i hmm. mean we know that you know in this room we would agree in this but on the basis that these are the things that are said in the holy quran these are the things that mm. the, the the prophets 
the interceders of God have said. And we know how do we know that they're true? Because, you know, the Holy Quran also links to physical phenomenon. It talks about science and scientific phenomenon, all of which point towards God. Mm. And also the Holy Quran leads you the way in the, you know, how, how would you, in terms of the spiritual progress towards God as well, by saying, come to me, pray to me. And you know, all these things can get you to the level of proof that you need. So there is a, you know, if you talk about a grand unified theory, there is one grand unified theory, and that's the, you know, the oneness of God through the Holy Quran. Yeah, very good. Um, and I think, uh, I, if I may bounce back to Anas, what you were talking about in terms of that particular verse, where um, the believers are studying nature and the heavens and the <coughs> earth, which, which is essentially the totality of nature, um, and their gaze will... Uh, return to them dazzled and weary, and, and weary, but at the same time, am I right? It also says, that, uh, "Our Lord, Thou has not created this in vain." Yeah, this is part of that verse, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of like the story, uh, in a sense, of science as well, because th there is a remarkable amount of unification and understanding just taking place in science, uh, as well. Um, and just talking from a fundamental science perspective and a physics perspective where we used to think of electricity as a different phenomena from magnetism, we understood it now as electromagnetics or electrodynamics. Um, and optics is also incorporated into that. So we, we would have thought of these phenomena and forces, mm -hmm. we would have had, I don't know, 10 or 15, even 200 years ago or so. But now we have distilled it down to four. And we're talking about, however, so that's a remarkable achievement. However, there it's it it hasn't that unification hasn't happened and there are always glimpses within the experimental data of like there's something doesn't fit so the the model which we have which we're talking about the grand unified theory of the mm -hmm. fundamental forces um gravity is not within that so gravity mm -hmm. is understood in a very different framework as well and it's not part of that um and also, um, I'm just going to bring this in. I read this um, just a few days ago that there is, I think, further experimental evidence towards the existence of a fifth for fundamental force as well. So they have an out and out common set. So there's not enough evidence to 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 say that this is it. This exists. But there's further fundamental ver sort of experimental verification that this. Uh, certain behaviors of muons, uh, which are like heavy electrons, they don't fit in with our standard model as well. So in a sense, b what what seems to be happening is that verse seems to be describing that process. I, when, I, when you were saying this, Anas, it's quite beautifully that there is purpose. There seems to be a kind of a design behind things. There is symmetry and, and so on. But also when we get to a kind of like a framework there is there's another layer which appears behind this, uh, and it keeps on going uh, in forever. But you, when you talk about the, a purpose, you know that this hasn't been created in vain. I mean, my one interpretation mm. of that is that the universe has been created um, to, you know, for human beings, for human consciousness to come into place, so that the spiritual world can also come into being. And there's, I think, there's lots of hints of that. In, in scientific phenomenon. And an example will be it's something that we may touch on in another episode, mm. like the extreme fine-tuning of the universe. Mm. You know, how things seem to have been designed for life, human life to exist. 
which is the prerequisite for consciousness and you know the of the spiritual world mm. very good okay um with, with that thought um i think we will uh, going to end this this uh, uh episode um we uh, if i may just summarize um so we we have talked about um essentially the question which we're trying to answer is can science inspire or so rather can uh, religion inspire science um and we began our discussion by looking at the holy quran um and the, the verses of the holy quran um and again 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 and again there is evidence uh, there of uh, an inculcation towards knowledge seeking of knowledge and pondering uh it's hard to miss and i think ma- many historians of um science and medieval historians uh, very much acknowledge that as well um then we went into uh, uh i think we digressed a little bit and and, and that was that was <laughs> intentional case, in, in yeah. a sense as well uh we we started to talk about the nature of spiritual world and, and the, the physical world um what we will uh try to do in our next episode is to continue with this discussion and look um at the, the, the yes this inspiration exists in the holy quran and it's very manifest but did it actually happen sometime in the past is there historical evidence of that and also does it happen now mm-hmm. um you know mm-hmm. is it happening right now with us and you know in the world out there as well Um so with that I will um end end this program for now and look forward to meeting you all in the next episode. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, peace be on you.